There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. To tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling, like you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review, or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family, and that would help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by Daniel, and Daniel's had UFO encounters his whole life, and it actually led him down a bit of a path of the paranormal, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Daniel, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great to have you on, mate, because uh, you were telling me before we got started that you're still having UFO encounters to this day, and from the email that you sent me there, you've been having UFO encounters for quite a while now. Are you able to tell us about the first UFO, UFO encounter you had and I guess kind of walk us through a bit of a timeline? Yeah, okay. Um, the very first, and this is quite a vivid one for me because it was my very first encounter with a UFO. Now, I remember it was a New Year's night. This was probably back in the 80s. I was only a kid, probably eight maybe years old, nine years old, maybe somewhere around there. So about 87-ish, somewhere. Anyway, um, we're having a New Year's party that day. And I can remember all my cousins were all around my cousin's place. And this is this is in South Australia in a suburb called Alberton. And um, we're setting up for the day and my uncle had this, you know, oh, it's about, you know, at the time, it was probably about an 80-year-old house. It's one of the old um, sort of pressed steel cladding on the outside and stuff like that. It was a very, you know, sort of traditional house for that time. And he had a very deep block. They had very long blocks in these in these neighbourhoods. So he actually cordoned off part of this neighbor, uh, block and did a really nice grass and lawn. But all the back had what we called like these stinging nettles, like these weeds that used to grow. My cousin and I actually, you know, we thought it would be fun with all the rest of the 
kids don't like when we play hide and seek. We'd actually go and clear out a section of this weed area and would lay there and, you know, you know, freak the kids out by calling out to them, but they wouldn't be able to find us. And um, I remember that night when we actually went out there and we sort of snuck in to where these weeds were and all the kids are running around and stuff and our parents were all in the back veranda, um, you know, yahooing and carrying on and drinking because it's New Year's night. And my cousin and I were sort of laying down on a bunch of cardboard we made in these weeds so we wouldn't get stung by the thing. We're looking up at the sky. You know, it was like a clear sky, like in Adelaide. Clear, clear night, New Year's night, middle of summer. And I'm looking up. We sort of noticed, well, I noticed first that there was no stars. I couldn't see anything. And you could see stars on one side, see stars on the other side, and then there's just a patch of black. And then when your eyes focused on it, we could see what looked like the outline of a whatever it was. You know, obviously now, you know, I realized it was a craft. And it was just hovering right above my uncle's house. Like, it looked like he could reach up and touch it. That's how close it was. My cousin and I, was, we just were staring at this. We didn't know what to make of it. Like, we were only kids, you know, eight something years old. So we got up, freaking out. We sort of jumped this little fence, ran up to the, our parents, and they're tucking on their shirt and saying, look, 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 there's something above the house. And all the little kids, which were even younger than us, sort of started congregating in the backyard. We're all looking up at this thing, looking up above the house. And all our parents were just telling us to go away. You know, we just noisy kids mucking around. No one was paying any attention to us. None of the adults wanted to know. So... We sit there and watched it, and it just sort of sat there for a little while, and then it slowly started moving. Um, I'm trying to just think of the directions. So it was, it was, it was moving north, and so we opened up the roller door, ran around to the front of the house, and it just as it got to the neighbour across the road street, it it just shot off like a rocket, like it just it, it just zipped away. Like, if, when, a few years later, um, I was at, in primary school, and then, I don't know why it was a subject in primary school, but the teacher in the class at the time wanted us to all draw a picture of a UFO, what we thought was a UFO. You know, for some reason, that, that came up as a, you know, as a topic of conversation in my, in my class. And... It was interesting because all these kids were, you know, doing your typical um, saucer-shaped UFOs. And then I drew something that was actually unusual. So he put it aside. And then he's looking through all the other photos, like pictures. I mean, like all the kids drawing the pictures. And then he sees another one and he says, put that aside. And then I find out that in that class, there was another kid that sort of, a similar UFO that I saw, and we basically drew the same thing. It was basically like a uh, it was oval-shaped sort of front, cut off at the back, with like two prongs coming out and something attaching attached between the two prongs with portholes around the edge. And um, it just it looked it, looked, it didn't look like a typical saucer, and that's what sort of caught the attention of the of the teacher when he put the two pictures aside and then I later found out that this kid actually seen the same UFO I saw probably on the same night so um, and he lived in a similar area so this was 
um, uh, Croydon Primary School, I think it was. I don't know if it's around anymore, but um, it was only a couple of suburbs away from where I witnessed this UFO. That's incredible so, because, I mean, yeah, for, you was, to, for you to see that and then... I, I, I guess the, the shape of that is so unique. You know, I've never heard of a UFO like that. And then for your, this other classmate of yours to draw something practically yeah, identical. It was, that's incredible. It was the weirdest, weirdest thing. It was definitely the weirdest thing, you know, because it wasn't, it, everyone had this idea of a UFO, what a UFO looks like by popular culture, you know. And we just drew something completely different, which, funnily enough, both of ours looked quite similar and we weren't even on the same side of the class he was near the window on one side of the class I was near the hallway on the other side of the class so there's no way in hell we could have actually seen each other's work that's uh it 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 leaves a lot to to the imagination doesn't it because it's kind of like wow did this person genuinely see that same UFO that you did on that same night because that would be amazing if that's the case yeah well that's the thing you know questions I don't even know like um Let's see how old was I? Like, like I said, I was just, you know seven or eight or something like that. So I don't even remember the kid's name. Like, so I couldn't even get in contact with him now and and you know um, ask him about it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've always wondered about it, but um, yeah, yeah. Primary school, so many kids go fast. You know, I, I don't even hardly know anyone from primary school anymore. So yeah, it was very interesting, and that was one that really stuck in my mind. Because that was my first ever UFO um, experience. And it's a great one. It's absolutely fantastic, Daniel, because, you know, not only did you see it yourself, you know, potentially this this other classmate of yours saw it, but you also saw it with a, a whole bunch of other children, which really yeah, gives the experience the a whole, lot of... The whole family, like all the kids, you know, and my next oldest cousin. And, yeah, it was just... I don't know if any of the kids would even remember it now because most of them would have been about four, five, six years old, kind of, you know. But yeah, it was it was it was a very interesting experience. <laughs> Absolutely, it is, mate. And when it was over the house, could you hear anything or or anything like that? No, it was dead silent. Yeah, right. and it it, it 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 just hovered there. It just and it wasn't silver or any weird metallic color. It was like it was like satin black. It was like jet black. Like it, until your eyes actually sort of focused in on it, you wouldn't even know it was there. That's interesting because this isn't the first time I've heard a, a UFO encounter like that. Because there seems to be a bit of a trend that I've 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 heard recently where people don't see the lights that you would normally, you know, connect with a UFO sighting. They're seeing a a basically a blank shape in the sky that's that's blocking out any other light yeah well i mean this this thing had did have lights it had portholes like it, it looked like portholes they might have they might have been lights i don't know i'm sort of just trying to think back um but i could tell there was like they weren't colored though they were just white you know like a, just a normal white light you know um but they weren't bright you know they were dull so and that's what kind of you, that's how we worked out what the shape of it was. That's when your eyes train into it and you realize that you're looking at a solid object in the sky that's blanking out the rest of the sky and then you can make out the actual shape of it because of these lights that are around the outside edge of it. 
and how high above you do you think this this encounter was happening? Because from what you were saying there earlier, that sounded like it may have only been maybe a few hundred feet above the house. Yeah, like it literally felt like you could reach up and touch it. It was not far off the roof of the house at all. It was just sitting there, like it was observing what we were doing. Like it was near years. Like our, in our street, in that street, I think my great uncle's party at the time was the only one that was, he was the only one having a, like a big party in that street for New Year's night. I know most of the people that live in that street. Right? That's creepy. Them, uh, That's creepy, isn't it? Yeah. Most of the people that live in that street, you know, like we're Russian, Ukraine, Polish background. In, in that street, it's, uh, that suburb, Alberton, majority of the Ruskies and the Polish and the Ukraines live in that neighbourhood because there's two churches in that neighbourhood, the Pentecostal Russian Church and the Orthodox Church. So a lot of the Russians used to live in that neighbourhood. And the majority of that street were Russian. And they were very, you know, Christian and God-fearing people. So they didn't party, you know what I mean? And this was, yeah, a lot of my uncles, my father and mother and you know, my uncles and aunties and stuff. They were sort of young, so they they partied. You know, they liked to drink, you know, get on the get on the grog and all that sort of stuff. And you know, sort of rebelling against all the you know the against all the oldies. But it was like basically the only party on the street. You know, so it was like it was just sitting there, just, just softing us out. You know, just just sort of observing what was going on. But it was just really low. Like it was not far off the roof of the house at all. Yeah, that's, and that's the, way it the took most off, incredible part. The way, yeah, the way it took off, it literally just very close, very, very slowly, just sort of just edging and edging and edging, just sort of edging along, you know. And then when it got to the neighbor across the road, their house, sort of just above their house, their house is black. Their house is, you know, these, these people went. Um, I remember them, they were Vietnamese family. And, um, they went partying. Either they went home and they were partying somewhere else, or they or they went partying. They were not home, so there was no lights on in the house. And it, the thing just sort of went over to the top of their roof, and then next minute it was just boom, gone. Like it's yeah, it's yeah. It didn't even leave like a light trail or anything like that. It was just one second it was there, and then it sort of just you, you could you could see it take off. Like you could see the instant acceleration. Yeah, it was hard to explain. I mean, it happened a long time ago when I was a kid, but it's so vivid in my mind, you know. Um, and I was the eldest kid there, so I was the eldest out of all the cousins and stuff there. So I'm the eldest grandchild in my family. So, yeah, it was one of those really weird, bizarre, um, and probably the most interesting um, out of all the UFO sightings I've had to date. Uh, apart from one other. <laughs> so ever since you had that encounter, were you kind of fascinated with the, the UFO phenomenon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I, was, I was fascinated with all things strange. So not just the UFO. Like I was just your typical kid playing around and, you know, going to the park and just doing, like this is the 80s, you know, and we used to muck around and paddocks and stuff and you know, we used to shoot BB guns and ride motorbikes and, Ride out push bikes and you know just general kid stuff you know and probably after that is when I really started getting interested in the paranormal you know sci-fi movies and all that sort of stuff I started really getting right into all that sort of stuff because I thought wow there's something out there 
you know, there's something that we don't know about. Did you ever tell your parents about the encounter, perhaps like the night after or something like that? Oh, no, nah, because I was a kid. I didn't, you know, the next day I, I sort of mentioned it to them maybe, oh, I don't know if it was the next day or not. They probably were hangovers or something, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I remember telling my parents when I got a little bit older, like I remember sitting down in my dad's place, you know, he's got a place in it and, in Adelaide and he's got a big shed that he used to sit out and have a drink in and stuff. And I used to go out there and have a drink with him. And I said, Dad, remember that night when I was trying to get your attention and, you know, you wouldn't come out and see it? And you know, there's a bloody UFO hovering over the house. My dad's like, ah, oh, yeah, I am. You know, he doesn't believe in any of that. You know, he doesn't believe in UFOs. He doesn't believe in ghosts. He doesn't believe in any of that stuff. But, yeah, I, I, told, I told him about it. And then I mentioned it to my mum. I don't know. I can't remember how long ago after that. But um, they both knew about it. You know, I both told them. So, yeah. And they're, they're not on the on believing you about it or anything like that? They just kind of brush it off? Well, you know, they, like I said, we're, we're a really um, religious family. So my dad thinks that all that sort of stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's the devil. You know, you, you talk to most religious people, like, you know, we're all Pentecostals and stuff like that. All that's the work of the devil. You know, UFOs and aliens and ghosts. That's all the devil, you know what I mean? So even though my parents were sort of rebellious back when they were younger, you know, in the way that they used to, you know, you know, drink and stuff like that, they still believe in the old, you know, way of thinking, you know. It's like, oh, no, that's so my dad doesn't really believe in anything paranormal. My mother, however, she sort of does, but she sort of doesn't. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. And, you know, that's that's very much of that time too because you, you usually find the, the younger generations are a little bit more open-minded when it comes to this type of stuff. And when you've got someone who's, you know, so deeply ingrained in their in their religious roots, it's it's very, very difficult, if not impossible, to, you know, get them to budge on on anything when it comes to to that type of um, I guess, mindset. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. But I mean, I don't know if I didn't have that experience, I don't know if I would have believed it today. You know what I mean? Like, it's the fact that I actually had that experience and um, which kind of sparked my whole interest in the paranormal in general. Um, and, you know, also I'm into like the ghosts and stuff like that. So around that time as well, not long after, or around that time, I started doing a lot of urban exploring and they call it urbexing these days, but we called it back then trespassing. And, um, you know, things happened then too, which sparked my interest in, in the ghosty side of things as well. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. What was this other UFO encounter? We'll get into that and then we'll uh, we'll touch on some of that paranormal stuff that you you encountered on your uh, on your adventures there. So do you mind going into this other UFO encounter that uh, that really stuck with you? Yeah, okay. So 
Now, that was, I probably didn't really have much um, from that time until I got a little bit older. Um, probably when, once I met my wife and had a couple of kids. And then I was, I was sort of having a, you know, went over to my dad's place to visit my dad. You know, we sort of used to be there, have dinner, and we stay pretty late. You know, he gets on, has a few drinks and stuff. I'm not a drinker personally, so, you know, I just sit there and have a good yarn with him. Um, and we're coming back home from his place. Now, he lives in the northern uh, suburbs of Adelaide. And um, we're driving down the road, and then we sort of get to a an area where, you know, you've got like a shopping centre. It's like a shopping complex area and stuff. And, there's an intersection there, and I can remember there's a, a KFC on one corner, and then on the other corner, there's just merely built like a, an office works and stuff. What's it at the set of lights? And this is probably about, about 12, 1 ish in the morning, sort of 12 o'clock at night, 1 ish in the morning, somewhere around there. It was really cold, it was a winter's morning, and I just sort of we're sitting at the lights, and there's no cars, it's not a, not a car inside, you know, not a soul on the road. This is you know, late at night, winter, there's no one out. And sort of sitting at these lights, waiting for the lights to turn green. And I noticed this thing in the, like, through the front windscreen of my car. I was just looking up at it. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And my wife was sitting right next to me. We both saw it. And it was a triangle-shaped object. It was just sitting there. It had a light at each corner. And it was just hovering. And then it was, sort of, it was, point, it was facing, well... It, one of its points was facing in the direction of where we were travelling. And just before the lights turned green, this thing did a full 90-degree turn and then started shooting off to my right. It like just started travelling to my right. So it literally just spun around 90 degrees and then just started going. And it just took off into the darkness. And that's, that was probably the next UFO... Um, yeah, that was my next one after after that one that I saw when I was a kid. So that was interesting in the sense that uh, yeah, that was like um, we we're just sitting there with our mouth open, like what the hell is this? The interesting thing is though, it shot off towards an airbase. Oh, really? It was very close. Yeah, it was very close to um, by airbase in South Australia. That's so, interesting. Um, I don't know if it was some secret tech or whether it was a UFO or maybe drone technology. I'm talking about, let's see, my kids were only very really young, maybe 20 years ago now. So I doubt they would have had, well, maybe they would have had drone technology back then. I don't know. But um, it was, it was, it just moved in a way that I've never seen anything move before. It just sat in a helicopter. It was just like sitting there, but it turned 90 degrees. And you could clearly see it was a triangle because it only had the three lights in each corner. So, yeah, that was that was probably my next wow sighting that I've ever seen before. Um, what did your wife think of that? Well, she was just like, what the hell is that? I was looking at the guy, and your guess is as good as mine, because I had no idea what that is. And at first, we didn't know what it was. Like, we knew it was, uh, you know, like a UFO or something, but... If, you know, it wasn't round, it, you know, it wasn't your typical UFO, it was a triangle shape. So we're like looking at it going, what the hell? We just, we're both sort of like, you know, how you sort of squish up to your windscreen, so you both sort of stick your face up against the front windscreen, you're looking up, and we're just both doing that. And it's like, 
the thing just turned 90 degrees and shot off, you know, shot off. And it was like, we both like looked at each other and went, what? What did we just witness? <laughs> yeah, and then obviously the lights turned, turned green. Well, actually, I think they already turned green while we were looking at it, and there's not a car on it. There wasn't a freaking soul inside. And we just, okay, that was weird, and just continued home. Like, what could you do? What can, you know, this was back in the day before mobile like, had video cameras and stuff like that. You know, we, I think I was, what was I rolling back then? I don't know. I can't even remember what type of phone I had back then, but it wasn't the you know, kind of phones we've got these days. We can whip it out and try and take a video, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, it was, it was, that was an interesting experience as well. Yeah, absolutely. That that's a really cool experience because I always like the I always like UFO encounters where the the person I'm interviewing they actually have that same encounter with someone else so that you know they're sharing that with someone and to to share that with your wife that's that's really really great and you can kind of just share that little moment together and go you know what we saw this UFO together and that was amazing. Yeah, what's the only one other than the the other one I was telling you about, um, when we're, when we're going for a bike ride, but we'll get to that one. <laughs> um, so she's my wife's witness to your face with me. So that was the first one she's witnessed with me. And then I've got another story a little bit for you, but that was the second time she witnessed the UFO with me. Um, and then not long after that experience, I was working for, well, obviously living in South Australia, I was working for General Motors Holdings. I used to work in the body shop there, were welders. And I was working afternoon shift. Afternoon shift used to sit, finish about 10.30 at night. It was about, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And usually, you know, 10.30 at night, I'd, at this time, I only lived not far from the factory. I only lived a few streets away from the factory. And then a few streets away from the factory, there was a bottle shop. So we used to go for a bit of a ride down to the bottle shop, buy a couple of beers, you know, have a couple of, go home, have a couple of beers, have my dinner, go to bed. And this one particular sort of jump on my push bike, decided to go for a ride down to the um, bottle shop. Now, this, this uh, I don't know if you're aware where the, the Holden's factory was in South Australia. No, um, I'm not. Yeah, it, it was in a naval cool. It was in the northern suburbs, a naval cool. It um, fairly rough neighborhood. It's not, it's not, yeah, sort of roughish sort of neighborhood. And um, there was a bottle shop not far from the actual, the from the factory. And it was a, it was the South, called it the South Shops. Now, I was riding down the road, the road was called Phillip Highway. Riding down the road, I get to the bottle, the, the pub itself is shut at the time of night, but the drive-through is open until 12 midnight. So I got there with maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes to spare before the place shut. I get into the, I go, I walk into the, the outway, so where the cars come in and then drive out. I walk into the, where they drive out, and there's not a soul in the bottle. There's usually two attendants there. One guy keeping an eye on things, making sure no one's pinching in, so another guy that sort of, you know, gets everyone's all like that. And I'm sort of looking around like, where are the two guys? You know, they're always in here. So I sort of walk through the drive-through and get to the where the cars come in. I see the two of them standing out where the cars drive in, looking up at the sky. I'm like, what's going on here? So I walk over to them. I have a look up. 
So we're three of us standing there, and we're all looking up at the sky. Next minute, the manager of the hotel, he's finished for the night, he's about to go home, he walks over, what are we all looking at? So he's looking up. And then probably about 10 metres away from me, there's a payphone, there's a fella on the payphone. He just drops the phone, he's just looking, staring up in amazement. We're all sitting there in amazement, two orange balls of light travelling across the sky. One was actually quite low, the other one was really high up in the atmosphere. And they were travelling in unison. You can tell the one that was higher up was moving a lot faster to keep up with the one that was, you know, in our atmosphere. So they were both travelling across the sky and this they were travelling south to north. Again, heading straight over the in this Edinburgh RAF base is actually in this neighbourhood, right? So this Edinburgh RAF base is all in the northern suburbs here. They're both travelling over this RAF base. And we're just sitting there for a good, I don't know how long, maybe 10 seconds, maybe, I don't know. It seems a lot longer, but it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a long time, but it seemed a long time, you know, when things sort of just slow down, <laughs> when you're sort of, you know, fixated on something. And these two orbs, they were just like, you know, you get the, the orange color from those you know, highway lights, like street lights, like a bright orange. Yeah, yeah. Perfectly round, bright orange orb. That's Both incredible. Flying in unison. One lower in the atmosphere, one way up. Like, I don't even think it was in our atmosphere. I think it was, like, out of our atmosphere. And you can tell that one was flying much faster, just to keep up. But they were flying in unison. And they were heading. And I'm just watching them going straight over, and I'm like, oh, my God. I looked at the bend around to the, the manager. Like, the two attendants are just sitting there going, what the hell is this? The manager said, what the hell is that? The guy on the phone is just sitting there. The guy that was on the payphone, he's just dropped his phone. He's taken a couple of walk, you know, steps out onto the street and he's looking up as well. So there was five of us there looking at these bloody balls. <laughs> bloody orange ball things, right? The UFOs. And um, I'm sitting there going, I turn around to the manager. I said, that's, that's this line straight over the rat base. And I wonder if they see him. So I jumped on my bike. I didn't even bother, bother buying any you know, um, alcohol for the night. Jumped on my bike, absolutely belted back home, like as fast as my legs could pedal. Get on the phone. Well, this is back in the day. We had corded phone. <laughs> so I get on the actual corded phone and I, I ring up the RAF base, right? And um, I actually, you know, I'll dial up the internet and all that sort of stuff, you know, what's RAF number? Get on my phone, start dialing the RAF base. I get into there. I ring up the RAF base and say, Did you guys see that? You know, I don't know who who I got on the other end of the phone. It probably was reception or something like that, but this was late at night, so you know, obviously they had someone there twenty four hours or whatever. Um I said, Did you guys see that? And she's got she's like on the phone going, seen what? I said, There's two bright lights, two bright ball lights traveling straight over your base. No. She's like, no, I didn't see it. I said, your radars or something would have picked it up. They flew straight over the RAF base. She goes, no. She goes, you, she goes, you don't think... She goes, oh, what did she say to me? Um, she says, oh, what do you think they were? 
I said, I have no idea. I'm asking you. <laughs> this is this is the conversation I'm having with the person on the other end of the phone at the Edinburgh RAF base, right? And then the next minute she comes out, oh, you don't think they're ballistic missiles, do you? <laughs> Are you kidding? So I, I turned around to her and said, isn't that what you're supposed to bloody know? <laughs> so we had this, you know, here's me like almost like freaking out at them, like, oh, isn't there something you're supposed to bloody know, isn't it? Um, yeah, so, and then they gave me the number contact some UFO researcher in Adelaide there and I contacted him he goes it's really interesting like those two same balls balls of light were actually witnessed in two other locations in like within days of each other so really two days before I saw those two balls they were saw seen in an area called Victor Harbour in South Australia and then later I think it was in York Peninsula South Australia, with two same orange balls. That's interesting, so, isn't it? Yeah, and that story about the ones in Victor Harbour, the ones in York, and the ones I saw were all published in some UFO magazine. Wow. So there's a lot of validity mm. to that. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> well, the funny part was, is like contacting the RAF base and saying, well, you know, do you see them? They're like, no. Don't you see them on the radar? No. Do you think they're ballistic missiles? How the hell am I supposed to know? Isn't that your job to know that? <laughs> that, <laughs> that is a funny conversation. That but, is but that too was funny. Amazing. You know, I mean, I've that was, you know, and that's like, yeah, so, but I mean, five people witnessed that. You know, five people were standing there watching it happen, you know. So it wasn't just me. It was the two guys in the bottle, the manager of the pub and the guy on the phone as well as myself. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that you also said that these lights were seen in other places, you know, that just goes to show something weird is definitely going on there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I literally just legged it home, just ran inside, sat there with my wife. I've just seen these two UFO things flying. She's like, what? what? And I was like, two bloody UFOs flying across the sky. Let's get on the phone to the RAF because they flew straight over the RAF. Then I ring up the RAF. And that's the conversation I had with the RAF. So it was quite, it was, it was, it was, now that I think back, it was bloody hilarious. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that might be one of the, uh, the funniest UFO encounters we've had on the show to date because the fact that the, uh, the RAF were just kind of, well, we don't know what it is and kind of asking you for a bit more information. That is, uh, that's absolutely classic. Yeah. Well, they're being really blase about it. It's like new. And I knew they were bullshitting, right? Cause like <laughs> this, the way she was going, no. We didn't see anything, but we we had a mate that was actually, he was actually in the RAF, stationed there. And so we sort of got a bit of validity from him, but we can't really say who his name is, right? Because he's still in the service. So he's kind of sort of said, yeah, we do see things. Yeah, right. So I'm like, well, but I can't mention his name because he's still, he's still, he's still in the RAF. And yeah. He's, Actually, he's not stationed there, but he's stationed up here now. But we can't—I can't mention his name because I don't want him to get in trouble. No, no, of course not. We don't, and we don't want to do anything like that. So, Daniel, what was the uh, the final UFO encounter that you shared with your with your wife? Right. So now, recently, um, right. So I've seen two now. Well, the easiest way to explain them. There were two silver balls, like just spheres, 
two silver spears. Now, the first encounter, my wife and I decided to actually go for a bike ride. It's just, you know, in the afternoon, daylight. And there's a lake near our house in the Sunshine Coast here. So we decided to go for this bike ride around this lake. And then I think we stopped just to have a drink. I'm having a drink, you know, sort of the bottle with the pop lid and stuff. So I'm sort of throwing my head back to have a drink. And I'm like looking up at the sky. And that's how I noticed this bloody silver sphere. Just cruising across the sky. And I just pointed it out to my wife. We're both just like looking. This is the second encounter my wife saw. We're both looking at it going, what on earth is that? And it's just a perfectly round silver sphere. Nothing, you know, it's nothing. No lights, no sound, no nothing. Just a sphere cruising across the sky. And we noticed it was it was heading um, it was it was heading from west, heading east, and it was heading straight from Mooloolaba, main town. You know, where all the high rises and stuff are. We're in the suburbs, a, bit away, a little bit away. It's heading straight from home. We're just watching this thing. We're just sort of watching it going across the sky. It's really weird. And then all of a sudden, the thing just dissolves. It just disappears before our eyes, like so literally doesn't shoot off, like vanished. No. No, it, like it dissolved into nothing. Like it just, <laughs> it, it, was, it was the weirdest thing. We're just sitting there with our mouths open going, what just happened? You know, the thing just vanished. It, like it went into some sort of weird cloak mode or I don't know. I can't even explain it. It just, it looked like it literally just dissolved into nothing. You know, and that's exactly what I was thinking was that maybe it, it has some cloaking technology. So rather than the, the fact that, you know, maybe it's actually just disappearing, it's just cloaking itself. Well, yeah, I can't explain it. I really, it's nothing I've seen ever before. And then I've seen it. And then we saw the same silver orb thing tra- traveling. This time it was traveling south to north. So um, because we moved house, went to another neighbourhood, so we live sort of close to the beach, right smack bang in the middle of the Sunshine Coast now. And we're just outside enjoying the night, you know, just sitting near, you know, near the pool, just looking up at the stars like we usually do. Next minute, my daughter goes, Dad, what's this? My daughter's seen this one. And it's the same silver ball cruising across the sky. Really? And then we're... Yeah, and then we're just like, we're all looking at it, and it was heading for Malulba, so it was heading north towards Malulba. Same thing, just disappears, just vanishes. Yeah, what are the odds of that? What are the odds of that? Yeah, what are the odds of that? So, and apparently these silver balls are actually seen here on the coast and top in Queensland quite regularly. I've never seen anything like it before myself, but um, because the the three previous experiences were not these silver balls. Pretty, you know, obviously it was sort of some weird craft, triangle shaped craft, a couple of orange ball like things, but these silver balls are like something else. I don't know what they were. They didn't seem large. They weren't large. You know, it, it, smaller than a light plane maybe. You know, they were, they were little ways up, but they weren't very high. You know, sort of like the same altitude that a, you know, light plane helicopter would fly somewhere around there. You know, it went extremely high up or anything not like passenger plane or anything but you know they were you know but they weren't very big you know i just it's hard to explain it's hard to judge the size of these things you know um yeah so that was that was interesting and that happened the first one when we were looking around the actual uh, riding around the actual lake and we saw that first one later that night 
and it was, there's probably some um, uh, not, uh, some sort of documentation about this, but we had that media that came through that broke up and had like a whole heap of things. It was like lit up the whole night sky. People from Mount Isa, Sunshine Coast, I think even up your way, um, actually saw this. And it just it, this this media just came through and was heading heading south, coming from north. Um, it, it was huge. And then that was that happened later that afternoon, um, which was really interesting because we had a army helicopter fly the exact same path the media actually flew. You know, only maybe half an hour, hour after the media came through, and it was like an army helicopter flying right through at the same in the same direction. Um, but it was it's it was it was publicised all over bloody Facebook. Like everyone, oh, did everyone see that? And so it was like a proper media media that actually flew. But that happened the night that we saw that UFO, which was, I thought was interesting. I didn't know if there was any correlation to that, but yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a crazy UFO field life that you've got there, Daniel. And I want to thank you for coming on the show because some of those encounters, they are fantastic. And it, it seems like you've had, the opportunity to share every single one of your encounters with somebody else, which is absolutely yeah. fantastic in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a few others. Um, I did see like um, one, you know, sort of like strange light sort of hovering over the Adelaide Hills, sort of flying along, but it was, um, you know, sort of going the contours, like going over the top of the hills and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, I couldn't tell if that was a UFO or not or anything, so I didn't really, I don't know. It's you know, and there was a few other little little things I've seen here and there, but those were the main, you know, boom. I could tell you in detail what it, you know. And what do you think these? The, what do you think these craft are, Daniel? I have no idea. You <laughs> <laughs> know, honesty. You know, I mean, if you believe in extraterrestrial, yeah, okay, maybe advanced tech. I don't know, but I don't know. To tell you the honest truth, I really don't know. You know, I've always been interested in what's out there, you know, UFOs and, 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 and you know, what's in space and are there other life forms out there? I think that's a big question everyone has, you know. Are we alone? Is there anything else out there? And it's why we always have this constant search, you know, looking for radio stations and city and stuff like that, you know, it's, it's one of those things, but are you opposed, you know, aliens? I don't know. I really don't know. And you know what? I think that's a great answer because I, um, I'm almost under the, I guess, opinion that it would almost be fantastic to never find out because it'll, it'll take away the romance of what a, a what these UFO encounters are. I think if we, uh, if we go, you know what? That was us all along. But, on the flip side, it'd be nice to know. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I mean, you know, anyone who's anyone that's interested, you know, that sort of stuff. You know, I don't know if, you know, I mean, you got a lot of people that believe in like ancient, um, ancient alien um, theories, and you know that we were, you know, they came here before and helped human civilization become what it is today. I don't know about that personally. I mean, there's a lot of evidence for it, but then I don't, you know, I don't know if I believe in that. Um, you know, I'm one of these people that sort of believes that the human race 
has been around for a lot longer than what modern science understands. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that they talk about, like ancient aliens and stuff like that, sort of, I think humans were around for a little bit longer than what people think we have been around. Well, you, you, know. you may just be right there, Daniel. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, when you, like I said, I'm, inter- I'm interested in, you know, forbidden archaeology, you know, um, forbidden history, stuff like that. A lot of stuff that, you know, um, the governments or, you know, just technically science in general wants to hide because it doesn't fit into the, you know, to their current belief system or um, things like that. You know, I think a lot of people are starting to get a little more woke about these things, you know, like, you know, how long have we really been around for? Did we really evolve? You know, if we did, how long ago was that? You know, they say, oh, only a few hundred thousand years. Well, yeah, or a million years ago. You know, well, how do you think human footprints in rocks that's 200 million years old? You know, that kind of thing, you know, and UFOs and stuff. Well, who knows? You know, is it us? You know, are we creating these things? You know, as aliens? I mean, that first one when, when I was a kid and I saw that, I mean, we're talking the 80s. So I think, yeah, maybe that one was, you know, extraterrestrial. Um, the triangle thing that I saw, I think maybe that was advanced tech. Um, the orange orb things, freak knows what the hell they were. And the silver of all things, who knows? Maybe advanced tech again, maybe some surveillance on something or other, who knows. But yeah, I have very little idea of what what these things are, you know. I mean, yeah, okay, everyone can speculate, but what they are, we'll probably never know. And that's going to do it for tonight. And remember, if you have had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. Until next time, stay safe and you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.